0: africa climate conversations the podcast hello i trust that you're doing well this is the africa climate conversations and i'm your host sophie mbogwa Now, I had this great conversation with Alpha Kaloga, the African Group Lead Negotiator on Loss and Damage, on the outcome of the Transitional Committee on Loss and Damage meeting in Dubai at the beginning of this month. But as fate would have it, I wasn't able to literally do anything for the last two weeks. But here we are. So so pardon me. But Alpha, thank you so much for joining us. Please welcome and introduce yourself.
1: I'm Alpha Omar Kaloga, Lead Negotiator of the African Group of Negotiators. In the last past three years, I've been negotiating with colleagues on behalf of Africa, issues related to loss and damage.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alpha, for joining us today. So the Transitional Committee on Loss and Damage just winded up in Dubai, right? And there were some of recommendations that the committee made. Talk us through those recommendations.
1: Firstly, we supposed to be ending our recommendation to the COP at the TC4, but we did not finalize. And we had... last chance by the co-presidency to sort out and come up with a decision because the world is waiting the world is looking at us because it is an urgency it was from my perspective a kind of weird scenario that we met because the decision was taken in a very tense atmosphere we need to understand what status the decision itself has because the u.s has been objecting at the very last moment requesting that everybody has to pay for loss and damage can you imagine and when the co-facilitator are trying to get uh, the decision she went out to get instruction before she went out because she was trying to gobble the decision because there was quorum all members were there except the u.s she came, the decision was endorsed with reservation. We Africa group have a recommendation, and we need to report back to our people whether they accept. And uh, the, uh, the U.S came said they don't accept the decision, and uh, indicating that the rule of procedures of the transitional committee said that decision has to be taken by consensus. They do not agree on the decisions, which implied, perhaps result so praise decision has no status it is in that context and that shows how difficult it was we developing countries have been making a lot of compromise because we cannot leave our people behind we made a compromise because we cannot wait any further we make compromise because we also understand we are in a multilateral process. We need to make compromise. We had clear objective when we came there. The idea is to have, first, a fund that is tied to the principle of a convention, principle of common but differentiated, which implies automatically strong commitment by developed countries, taking the lead and showing with a scale that they take the issue seriously. We were there with the goal of having a standalone fund when we accept the World Bank, which is a red line for most of all developing countries. For the simple reason, the World Bank does not allow all developing countries to get there, because the World Bank gives only loan. Because the World Bank is a bank of the old 60s that is also reflecting the neocolonial world. We accepted we found to be a financial intermediary fund under the World Bank under different conditions. Among other, that is an operating entities of the Convention, under Article 11 of the Convention, in line with a, uh, with a common but differentiated responsibility by developed countries, we accepted if the World Bank a law developing country to directly access. We cannot accept that we call for a loss and damage fund in which money will be channeled by multilateral development bank. It is frightening to hear about bank loss and damage. People are losing their life, their cultural heritage. Countries are facing, in one event, GDP incidents that put back 10 years, decades of development gains, jeopardizing our legitimate right to eradicate poverty and be aligned with the sustainable development goal. But despite all this point, we agreed to accept the text because we can no longer wait because we believe that our partner the developed country will come to a sentiment that is not entertained by the double center, but by climate justice, listening what their people, their children are telling them that what they are doing is wrong. It is a kind of weird decision, no status, and uh, very likely to be a bomb at the cop. We can say like that because if they open up things that we advisors and members agreed, countries will not agree. For some countries, no way for the World Bank because the World Bank has not been serving developing countries because the World Bank mission has not been failed to eradicate poverty over 60 years. If we make a diagnostic, it is clear you don't need to be academical. You need to see the reality. They have failed. But we despite all these points, we accept the members indicated that we endorse the decision with reservation. And uh we are being sent by the group, we will go back to the group, we'll be guided by the group. And if they open the panda ball, those should be. I
0: have a lot of things that are going through my mind, but I think we go back. F- Earlier on, when you said this lady from the USA had moved out and came back to the room, so does it mean that the decision that was finally reached, there was no consensus and it could be revised at the COP?
1: The rule of procedure is clear that decisions by the transition committee has to be taken by consensus. There was, if not be mentioned, a clear objection by the US because their understanding of a new regime is everybody has to take care of himself, regardless how much you contribute to climate change. Because they think that certain developing countries, whose cumulative emissions make three years or four years U.S. annual emissions have to pay. It is the right one. We are in the evolutive and developing countries have been making South-South. Look at the case of Pakistan. Because Africa, everybody forget Africa. We don't have strong partners. Partners are in the air. If it's come to Africa, we have to take care of ourselves. We take loans, and part of this loan is to service the loan you already have. Well, Pakistan had a chance. It was supported by certain countries that I don't want to promote here, who paid twice more than what all developing countries paid. Developing countries have more sense of solidarity than developed countries. In addition to that, we are under the UNFCCC Convention, common but differentiated responsibility. Responsibility in the past, present, because they continue doing the bad job, doing the bad business in the future as well. But now, everybody has to pay. We will go back to our group. I don't want to make any comment on that. I don't want to entertain any countries. But that is the sad reality of injustice we are in. And uh, as African countries, where we are paying much more to service debt than we can invest in the health sector or education sector. It is a very serious matter. It is a matter of survival and uh, we will be guided by our people.
0: When you talk about debts, I've been reading this proposal from the co-chairs and these this particular part that is actually saying that um, funding arrangements, including a fund for responding to loss and damage, are based on cooperation and facilitation and do not involve liability or compensation. And I understand the U.S. did not want anywhere to take responsibility in terms of all the emissions, the historical responsibility that it actually been. Is it fair? The developing countries and all CSOs have been pushing for it to be fair and actually when you go back to the convention and talk about climate justice and talk about common but differentiated responsibility it talks about b- being fair.
1: The proposal cannot be fair for us. For a simple reason, you, with your common sense, senses the injustice that is behind the decision. To be fair, we as a global community accept that there will be no compensation, no liability for loss and damage in Paris already that sad reality. However, for our African
0: perspective, let me cut you short. So in Paris, for developing nations, Mm. agreed that there will be no compensation and liability for loss and damage. Can you explain that to us a little bit? What exactly happened in Paris?
1: In Paris, uh, that was part of a package and the, the devil is in the detail. People only see the Paris mm-hmm. Agreement, but the operational decision and particularly the par- paragraph 51 speaks about no liability, no compensation. That was why the US accepted the decision. Nonetheless, nonetheless, we went there not to beg for money. It is not a solidarity fund. Loss and damage is not a solidarity fund. It is about ensuring that our development gain for which we take loan is secure. You cannot, as an African country, take many loans, struggle to invest in infrastructure, and then one event happens. We want to secure our development again. And uh, for us, as I indicated, it is not a solidarity. We are not begging for money. We don't need the money in the sense of begging. We are all sovereign country. We take care of our people, but we want justice. No compensation, what development needs to secure, and that in that context. So the world is changing. It is a sad reality. But you re- you read it right, yes.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I'm listening to you, and I'm very privy of the dates, especially in the African continent, because at Africa Climate Conversation, our sole responsibility. Mm. Is the African continent. Mm. But I'm looking at the World Bank, the structures. Mm you know, and we just talked about the World Bank in terms of loans. And one of the things that we've been talking about in terms of loss and damage facility, the African group of negotiation has been very, very clear in terms of it should be in form of grants, mm. not loans. Do you really think, what are first, what are the conditions by which you as African group of negotiators accepted the World Bank to be the host for this particular facility?
1: You should understand, everybody goes to a negotiation to represent his people but we are in a multilateral process we need to compromise to accept the sad reality with in mind that you can lose some battles not reward We shows which shows the world bank for the simple reason that if it is with a world bank it will be easier for certain country to put money because they trust the world bank and to block the narrative saying this is a standalone bureaucratic post incensive fund that has less money for concrete actions. We took the World Bank as well because it has set up, it has networks. If the World Bank agrees on the condition that we start with a decision, it will be a good starting point. Until the very last day, people said that we don't like the World Bank, and they know we don't like the World Bank because the World Bank, the shareholders, are not us and what you decide for us behind us is against us you know what's happened in berlin we weren't there and we are still struggling greeting our cousins on the other side of the border so to us it was important to make something that is workable to approach with issue with serenity and objectivity what works we can fix along the way because one thing is clear, they can say whatever they want, they can refuse putting money, they will not afford it. Because the world is so connected today that they cannot bear the pressure of climate justice. They will put money there, whether they want or not, perhaps not in the scale that we are seeking, but they will put money there. Because it is about the credibility, because it will mean the end of multilateral process. So we accepted the World Bank with strong reservation. Strong reservation with a strong board that is independent with a legal personality, legal capacity, to first contact the World Bank as a host institution. So we are not going the World Bank board telling us how it works. We go there as a parties to the convention we have put our condition. The World Bank accept that and sign under our condition. So behind the saying this is an interesting thing to to look at, because now we are talking about reform of the financial institution. If the condition tied with a decision, if the World Bank accept, I think we have uh, helped many communities, the health sectors, the education sectors that are hosted by the world bank to be more fair and just so let's see i hope the world bank will accept but it will be a big concession by them that in that concession that we accept it, and we need to be very pragmatic if we will put somewhere those people that are saying everybody has to pay have reason no more to pay so that's why.
0: Mm, mm. Walk us through the, the conditionalities for World Bank.
1: The conditionality that we got from the World Bank is, uh, is first that uh, it has to be an operating entities of a UNFCC Convention Paris Agreement, Article 11, meaning when it comes to loss and damage fund, the simple principle of a convention will apply. Regardless what the shareholders of the World Bank think, that's a deadline for the World Bank already. Secondly, the board of the FIF will be under the guidance and accountable to the board. It's hosted, this is a hosted institution using the mechanism of the World Bank. We also want the World Bank to reduce its fees because, at the end, the operation fee should not take one-third or one-fifth of the resources provided. Mm -hmm. We had also requested the World Bank to accept, putting for the first time, money directly to developing countries' institutions. The World Bank always says it's too risky. We work with development banks. And uh, last but not least, the World Bank should report at COP29. So assuming that we have a decision Today uh, at the next call, it's not final. At COP twenty nine, we will exactly we will decide whether it goes reward bank or not, subject of those conditions, some conditions that I mentioned.
0: So the fifth, basically, it's the World Bank hosted financial intermediary fund, mm. uh, and it will be for for a period of four years if mm. once the World Bank accepts. Right? Yes. Okay. So now, in terms of the diff- no,
1: not only uh, subject that the World Bank accepts. Mm-hmm. The acceptance of the World Bank is a precondition. So, to be a fifth, the World Bank will see whether it is ready to make concession that we tied with offering the hosting agreement. After four years, we will see the adequacy of its system and architecture.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. What is the scale by which uh, the scale of financing by which developing nations are asking?
1: We are asking about one hundred billion by two thousand thirty. But studies are talking about 400 billion as a flaw to address, in a meaningful manner, the and damage associated with climate change happening in the developing world. But what we got, an empty shell, I should commit, I should admit, an empty shell in such a way, if you look at the decision, perhaps what we get, we get money for DSA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with a secretariat to buy new sweets. It is kind of funny I want to bring because I've become sometimes very emotional when I'm talking about these serious issues. What the country don't want to pay? Yeah. And we need to be clear on that. We are not going to accept those things. But it is also a lesson for us that our people, that we have to take responsibility for our people and we have a long way to struggle. We are guided by pragmatism. Pragmatism means first, what you have as a pressure, what you have to leverage and to accept the reality that there is a limit to manoeuvre. We cannot take weapons to go to the North, pay money for the world, pay money for things. So we have to accept what they are doing. But we know for sure that developed countries have double standards going to express saying we want those emerging developing countries to take meaningful mitigation actions and behind the door continue paying fossil fuel. Not no later than I think a few days ago the UK government is trying to ensure, even there is a change of government, that they continue to do fossil fuel. And to be clear, the first priority of Africa is that developed countries stop emitting because there is no money there. Money cannot give back the life of people. Strong mitigation, they don't do that. We have adaptation, the big adaptation gaps. It is so obvious that in order to reassure us, they told us that there will be doubling adaptation. But the numbers, the figures are very clear. You cannot hide yourself behind anything, And it's been decreasing. We also take note of the reports of the developed country that they have met this year the 100 billion goal that is supposed to be meeting in 2020 but telling us however the figures to show that we have met will be available in two years so you see the inconsistencies but the point is we need to keep into the discussion we need to save a multilateral process otherwise we get a climate apartheid that's the reality the climate apartheid is a, is one of the scenario of uh, the IPCC no collaboration. When there is thought in the three-degree world, there will be desert in, in Spain. Do you imagine how will be life here?
0: But after 28 cops, nearly 30 cops, the, the World Meteorological Department is actually telling us every month is actually becoming the hottest. What, what are we doing?
1: Uh, what we are doing, we, we're being reminded that we are not doing anything. See? Well what else can you do? It's to keep the conversation. Again, remember, in Berlin, we weren't there. And we are paying the price today. The boundaries are very arbitrary in Africa. We need to be in the room. We need to be in the room to keep the ball rolling, to engage in good faith for our people to engage because there is no other way. The international governance is look what is happening in World Trade Organization. The European Union since October has introduced something that people don't understand. They call it transboundary carbon taxes or uh, so basically what he's saying, you poor people, you are good in exporting raw material. but as soon as you manufacture, you transform it, you will pay to come to our market. So that's the way we need to engage with them, engage with our, our brothers and sisters across the continent, and have also a discussion on the African way of development. Because we cannot rely on them. Today, Africans, as I said, are paying more to service debt that they have investment available to build school. And you have to pay the debt. Because if you don't pay the debt, you are revolutionary. I don't pay the debt. You have a case like Zimbabwe. You don't get anything. And bad, bad, bad morphing and propaganda that no one, you you have a devil in the world. So we need to be very smart to understand their force. Use that leverage, prepare ourselves to stand for our right.
0: And that's a question because you find in terms of access, in terms of that is fair, countries that geopolitically are not, you know, mm. does the fund being at the World Bank give everybody equal access and even that whole access that civil society has been pushing in terms of direct access for national entities directly accessing this particular fund?
1: Yeah, not civil society, we, government, because there's two narratives. And uh, I mean, I'm coming from civil society background, but if you work for government, you understand that no civil society can pretend loving their people than the government, because the government responsibilities with government. We've been saying we want direct access, we want direct budget injection, fiscal space. When it's happened, the national budget, you stop everything, you channel to save life. So one of the conditions is the World Bank if it's doing it's geostrategic, not with loss and damage, Cuba, Palestine, and all those countries, Sudan, will access with no condition to loss and damage fund. That's one of the conditions as well.
0: Yeah. In Egypt, we had this whole global shield financing facility that was actually consisting of seven developed countries and 20 vulnerable countries. Mm. And it's actually also hosted, managed by the the World Bank. Yes.
1: Initiative by developed countries, supported, unfortunately, by certain African countries. You can understand they are so tight with debt services that they they need to have space. And sometimes they promote initiatives that are killing them. I'm not saying that the Global Shield is not good. I say it is an initiative that is covering one of the priority gaps. What's become a problem if it is selective about eligibility criteria, becomes, it becomes uh, problematic if it's used as a bargaining shape for geostrategical things. As I said, we have three decisions, one cover decision, one governing instrument, and one on funding arrangement. Basically, we the fund uh, the funding arrangement. We want, if you are funding arrangement, at least that we fund develop a certain level of criteria, and among those criteria, if you have to be part of a funding arrangement, you should open. Everybody should access. So there will be no free ride. Not for us to get money, but for them also to get legitimation. And I think that's a balance. And uh, given that this text is subject, because if I think of, of a data office funding arrangement, I don't want to think twice. The point is, it is an unbalanced decision. The point is, the African members indicated they endorse the decision. They don't accept the decision. The fact is, they will be guided by their group. The fact is, if certain people open the decision, they will face the whole world, and I guess the only language that they understand is not the war, but is publicity. But publicity that they cannot afford. And I hope everybody will be there and have a good sense of fairness of climate justice to support developing countries to get a fund that gives dignity to human life.
0: Tell us more about the sources of funding. What's one of the critical issues
1: as well? No, the source of funding, the source of funding is from everywhere. There's no clarity about source of funding. Yeah. There's no decision, no clarity about source of funding. And that's why I don't understand that you can even object this tax, which is definitely weak. Mm-hmm. But uh again, for us African, we need to study this decision, but the message is clear. We need as a government it takes more responsibility, be smart with the scarce resource that we are having and uh, use the fund as a leverage to better understand if you can loss and damage be prepared for the worst.
0: So the, 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 the paper on the financial inputs actually says that the fund is able to receive contribution from a wide variety of sources of funding, including grants and concessional loans from public, private and innovative sources as appropriate. And that, from where I see it, that whole aspect brings in the whole issue of loans. The Loans will be there.
1: Loans will be there. And it was clear to us that loan will be there
0: now see where the whole issue of historical responsibility so you're
1: becoming emotional than me but i mean the point is we need to be pragmatic right okay right no one will be there but at which time we will work on with them to be highly highly concessional okay and uh, as you see the decisions it's like uh, calling everybody and no one feeling called. Mm. you see in this part somewhere developed countries nah nowhere Nowhere.
0: Nowhere, actually, there is literally no, we'll continue to urge developed countries, yes, that's the time
1: because they don't want to have any decisions, any commitment by developing country. The smart way we propose to them, we took a decision that they already agreed on in the past. We, we work on the language, to because they cannot deny what they agreed in the past. But very important is the footnote here, and the footnote say the paragraph is without prejudice to any future funding arrangement or any position by parties in current or future negotiation, understanding and interpretation under the convention. So we know here we have to make a deal. What they are doing here, because of urgency, we let go and then we are figuring out how to fix that. But this narrative, is song, we don't want to hear that in the convention. When it's come to adaptation, when it's come to mitigation, yeah, yes.
0: Alpha, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Just, what is your hope uh, heading to the COP?
1: I hope uh, that uh, developed country will do what they mean and what they say, what they promote as a propaganda. I mean, I hope they will come to better sentiment and listen. We should recognize, listen to their people that are saying that is unjust. I very much hope that if this decision is open, it would mean improvement, particularly in terms of scale, particularly in terms of financial input, particularly in terms of legal bindingness and strong governance for the part. I very much hope that uh, the Lord Damage Fund will become operational next year and start helping our people. And uh, I very much hope uh, that uh, This issue, which is fundamental about human rights, about dignity of human, about loss of cultural heritage, loss of identity, does not become standard bargaining chip of negotiation because loss and damages associated with climate change. Everybody knows who is coming from, who is responsible, and they have to take responsibility.
0: Thank you for that. What is your message to African governments?
1: So, I mean... uh, uh, to support the Africa group of negotiator, that the minister stand by our views, our technical views, and does not compromise. Because it is beyond us, beyond the minister, beyond the government that are today. It is about future, it is about survival.
0: And that was Alpha Kaloga, the African group lead negotiator on loss and damage on the outcome of the Transitional Community on Loss and Damage meeting that was held at the beginning of this month in Dubai as we head towards the 28th UN Climate Summit to be held in Dubai at the end of this month. Now, you know that you can listen to this podcast on every other podcast channel that you listen to other podcasts from and also on our website, www.africaclimateconversations.com. And also do not forget that you can get in touch with me using info at africaclimateconversations.com. Stay safe. Bye bye for now. My name is Sophie Mbogwa. Africa Climate Conversations lost.